0: Welcome to the Life Church of Kansas City podcast. Please consider following, sharing, and supporting by giving at tlckcmo.com. May you be blessed by the Word of God. Say goodbye to condemnation. That's today's message. All right, praise God. Say goodbye to condemnation. Romans chapter 8. Just verse 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Amen. Say goodbye to condemnation. We moved out of the city kind of to a suburb nearby back in the early 90s. I was seven years old. I loved it. Our community was only about 22,000, but now it's over a hundred thousand. And I loved the beginning of it because it was so new and there was a lot of new construction. You can imagine a seven year old boy with all of his buddies on their bikes. There's houses being built that needed to be explored and looked at and a lot of great hills of dirt to ride your bikes up and down on we started getting adventurous and started going out to more in the woods that's now all houses and businesses now by the way kansas city's growing i don't know if you feel it and see it but it's popping and i thank god for it the hand of the lord is upon our town amen and uh we walked back into the woods and one of my buddies said hey justin you see that house over there and i said yeah He said, why don't we go explore it? I said, I don't know. It looks a little old and scary. He says, oh, come on, let's go see it. All the houses we've been exploring were brand new, freshly poured concrete. There may be a few of my footprints and handprints. And if any of you, I'm from Lee Summit. If any of you are in Lee Summit, you see hands. It may have been me. I'm sorry about that. Forgive me. We walked up to this house and I remember looking at it. It was an old, old house. And there was a note on it and it said condemned. And uh, I had no idea what that meant. Never heard that word in my life, but something inside of me said, don't go in the house. But my buddy wanted to go into the house. We walked into the house and the floorboards. er, er," And I promise you that door just slammed on its own right behind us. I looked up and saw little bats and clusters hanging from the ceiling. I looked down and roaches went back into their spot. I looked up and for the first time in my life saw black widows in some of the upper corners of the house. And my buddy went cool. And I said, condemned. And I got out of there as quick as I could. You ever seen a condemned house? It's been deemed uninhabitable. It's not safe to live in, it's hazardous, not up to code, or it's not meeting code and it's violating codes. It's a house so disastrous that demolishing it is really the best course of action. To be condemned means you have no chance of restoration. A home that has deteriorated, it's unsanitary because of the lack of care, it's been abandoned, it's rotten, it's molding, it's got an infestation, hazards everywhere. Could have been because of a natural disaster. Structural damage, a tornado, an earthquake, or a hurricane could come through. Whatever the reason, when a house is condemned, it's worth nothing except maybe perhaps the land that it is on. It's a house that becomes forgotten. Nobody remembers it, no interested in it at all. And the Bible used this word, the same word that we use for a house that nobody can no longer live in. And Paul talked about it in our way, in our manner, in our life as a house, that you can get to a place in God where you have no condemnation. As a house can be condemned, so can a human soul, a human life be condemned. When many say there's no hope for that person, they cannot be better, they cannot be restored. There's no chance of any life or any hope or any joy or any happiness happening in them. Their life is rotted, their mind is molded, their heart is infested, they're hazardous to society. There has been no care taken for that person. The person has given up on life and failed in every aspect. My friends, if that is you today, welcome to The Life Church. We love you, you belong here, and if you're here, there is hope for you, praise God. <laughs> Jesus Christ hung on that cross he had everybody in mind and you know what he was doing right there purchasing every human soul that was condemned to hell he said I don't care if your foundation is cracked I'm gonna fix it I don't care If you need a paint job i'm gonna paint you up i don't care if you've got roaches inside of your soul i don't care if you've got spiders and snakes and lizards and scorpions inside of your mind i've come to tread upon every snake and every scorpion i've come to make you new that's why the bible says jesus didn't come to condemn the world but to save the world hallelujah And I got a feeling there were some people in here, you were condemned to hell, but through the love of the Lord, He purchased you with His own blood. And you've got a new house, and a new mind, and a new heart, and you said goodbye to condemnation, and heaven is your future one day. Oh, clap your hands, all you people, and shout unto the Lord, amen. Who come to tell us, say goodbye to condemnation? Don't give up on yourself. I talked to somebody today and they came up to me and I said, praise the Lord. Good to see you. And they just hung their head and they just started telling me all the bad things they did this week. And I said, welcome to church. You're the type of person that Jesus likes and you're the type of person that I love. Don't give up on yourself. God will determine when you're condemned. And I've got news for you. I don't know how much longer you have, but you've got right here and right now, and you might as well take advantage of the grace that is here. I remember in uh, our old house, the first house my wife and I bought, we've been there for a couple years, and uh, I was kind of a new, newer at home ownership, and I thought, you know, we're here, and that means no bugs can be in this house. If I don't think about it, they won't invade. Till after a while, my wife was in the office and she said, honey, come here, take a look at this. What kind of spider is this? And I looked down and saw what I heard old timers call a fiddleback. Brown recluse. Not a good thing to have in the house. So I squashed it and took care of it. And I thought, are there any more? And I got out my phone, turned on the flashlight, and before the evening was over, I killed 26 of those things in my old house. I came to the church distraught thinking, is my wife going to get bid? Is our little daughter going to get bid? Am I going to get bit? I'm just freaking out. And I started digging through some of my grandpa's old sermon notes. My grandpa, Charles Dyson, my mother's dad. And he had a, a sermon in there and it was called, If You Don't Like It, Get Out. And it was back in the early 1960s when there was a lot of doctrinal debates and the Pentecostal movement said, we believe in the essentiality of Jesus' name baptism and the sign of the infilling of the Holy Ghost speaking in other tongues. And it was one of those, if you ain't with it, get behind us, get out. And he told this story, and he's, he wrote it in his sermon notes. He said, my first house I bought, there was an infestation of scorpions, an infestation also of termites. He said, I got into the house. He said, I could have left, but I didn't. He said, instead, I made the scorpions and the termites leave. I started pouring hot water down the cracks of the walls and into the floorboards and started spraying insecticide. And before you knew it, all these scorpions and all of those termites were completely out of the house. And that's how you've got to think about yourself and your walk with God. Two Sundays ago, we had healing and deliverance here and people were miraculously healed. Last Sunday, people received the Holy Ghost. There was baptisms, there was deliverance. And I've come to tell you today that just because you've experienced all of those things, don't think that the devil's not gonna try to ruin what God's doing in your life. And you have got to learn that one of the greatest tricks that the enemy has is to make you feel like you're not saved to make you feel like you can't walk with God, to make you feel like you are unworthy. My friends, the Lord is long suffering and so patient, and he wants to help you in this discipleship process to get it right. So if you got termites in your heart right now, don't walk away from God. Start making the sin, the termites uncomfortable in your life. Start putting prayer on it start putting Bible on it start putting some preaching on it and watch the sin get out of your life Amen We uh, went out for a family dinner last night and had the kids with us had so much fun and On the way home my wife had out had out her phone and was kind of looking at the news and she said honey have you ever heard of hemlock and uh, I said is that a cologne or what is that she said no She said, it's a poisonous plant, like poison ivy. I never heard of it, but I guess it's kind of creeping its way here into Kansas City. And while I was driving, she just showed me a picture. I said, huh, interesting. In the back of my mind, I thought, I think I saw that in the yard while I was mowing grass the other day. But I'm not gonna say anything. But I guess hemlock it can be terminal if not treated. Am I saying it right, hemlock? Can I get a nod from somebody? All right, all right, all right, okay. Hemlock, not headlock, hemlock. But I guess you get it, your eyes will swell shut, your throat will constrict, you'll have to be hospitalized. It's very, very dangerous to be around. All right, I've got witnesses in the house, all right? If you got hemlock today, we're gonna pray it out of you. You're gonna be all right in Jesus' name. I pulled up into the driveway and just stopped. My wife said, what's wrong? And I said, look, and she looked and she went, (gasps) five hemlock bushes about this high out into the field right next to the border of our yard that backs up to a field. And I said, I need to take care of this. She said, yeah, you do. She got the kids in the house. I went out there with some clippers and some Roundup and just Wah! and I said, we're not leaving Himlock. you're out of here. In Jesus' name. Sometimes you gotta put the holy oil on it. Sometimes you gotta spray the Roundup on it. In Jesus' name, praise the Lord. That's how you do it with sin. You put prayer on it. You put Bible on it. You put coming to church on it. And before you know it the sin in your life you don't want it anymore you change your heart and your desire for those things it gets out of your heart and that's how you say goodbye to condemnation you start saying goodbye to sin you start saying goodbye to the devil you start saying goodbye to this world in the spirit of condemnation will vanish off of your life amen this week Sometimes I just ask God for signs, and I got one this week. I have seen this week three, just driving on the road, three 1986 Monte Carlos drive by me. And almost the same place, by the way. Nice car, by the way. I remember seeing those when I was a kid. That was a nice year, those Monte Carlos, 1986. Some people wonder, what do we do with the Bible? Do we just read the Old Testament, or do we need the, old, or the New Testament? What do we need? I've come to tell you, it's all one Bible. It's all one book, and you need both. Just like there's a place on the road for 1986 Monte Carlos or 57 Chevys or 55 Rolls Royce or whatever you like out there. There is the exact same thing in place for the Old Testament and the New Testament. In this Old Testament, this part of the scripture that I'm holding right here, the New Testament calls our schoolmaster and in the Old Testament when God set up the law for his people he gave specific instructions and specific words and if any of these laws were broken they were to end it all for them usually by stoning somebody committed idolatry the worship of false gods over no two strikes you're out no three strikes you're out one strike out false prophet arose gone Anybody who enticed Israel to go after other gods, gone. Witchcraft, mediums, spiritists, anybody who would blaspheme, anybody who would murder. Even if you had an ox that gored another person to death, you would be put to death. Kidnapping, over, gone. Having an intimate relationship with anybody or anything outside of husband and wife, over, gone. If a child was disobedient to the parent, Cursed or struck his mother or father, gone. If a false witness arose, gone. Anybody who did not make the agreement which was decided in the court of the Lord, gone. Even anybody who would try to raise or take up or set down the tabernacle without being a Levite, gone. This was God's way of showing Israel this is how I feel about sin. You do these things, no grace, no mercy. You do these things condemned. And it was supposed to work. The soul who sinned was supposed to die in the Old Testament. No jail? No, Then in not jails, they had a stone. And that's how they did it. It seemed to work maybe just for a little bit, but it didn't work for long. Israel walked away from the law. They walked away from serving the Lord and began to worship other gods. And the Lord looked down after sending prophet after prophet, after sending trouble after trouble, and the people would not repent. God said, it's time to make another covenant. He spoke to the prophets and said, there is coming a day when the law will not just be written upon stone, but I'm going to put it in their hearts. There is coming a day when their sins, I will remember no more. I'm going to blot them out. As far as the East is from the West, I will remember their sins no more. The day will come when Messiah will be wounded for their transgressions, bruised for their iniquities. The chastisement of the peace would be upon him and through the stripes of Messiah, they would one day be healed. That was the promise by the prophets that one day there would be a chance to come back. There would be a chance one day to escape condemnation. And so Jesus comes on the scene forgiving sins and it just mystified the people. But how can a man open the eyes of the blind and not be able to forgive sin? How can a man open up deaf ears and not be able to forgive sin? How can he heal incurable diseases and not forgive sin? How can he cast out devils and not forgive sin? And one day the people that didn't believe in him took a woman who was caught in the very act of adultery and put him down, put her down right in front of him. And they said, you tell us that you didn't come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. The law says that this woman here needs to be stoned. You know what Jesus does? He gets down and starts writing in the dust as if he doesn't even hear them. And he says, if there's any among you that has no sin, you cast the first stone. He said, I'm not going to stop you. Go ahead and do it. They all got under conviction right there and didn't challenge him anymore in any manner like that because they realized if we start doing that and going back to the law that Moses did, nobody will be left in Israel. Because we didn't decide to obey the law until we were challenged by Messiah. He looks down at that woman. He's down probably with her face in the dirt. The Bible says he stooped down. You know what he did? He got down right there. Right down on her level. Don't think for one minute when you bury your face in the carpet that God can't hear you. Oh no, he's up here wanting to stoop down and talk to you. And he said, lady, where are your accusers? And she turned around and looked, and she said, there's no one. And he said, I don't condemn you because I see repentance in your heart. I'm giving you a chance. Go your way and sin no more. There was a time in the Bible, if that would have happened, the elders of the land would have taken that woman out back and beat her to death with rocks. But here in this portion of the Bible, The Lord has determined the judgment will come one day, but not today. The end will come and punishment will be given, but not today. There is a space right now for anybody who has broken the law, who feels condemned and feels hopeless in their life, who feels like they have messed up and made mistakes. There is a portion of your Bible, the one that we are in right now, and that portion says, go your way and sin no more. I don't condemn you. I don't condemn you. You've got a chance to make it. Praise the Lord. Don't let the devil convince you otherwise. It's time to say goodbye The condemnation. Jesus told his disciples, if any of you deny me, I will deny you in heaven. And the man, Peter, who said, Lord, I'll be with you even till the death. I'll fight for you. The man who even took out a sword to defend the Lord, right there at the fire, the man who stood up to wicked men, the man who stood up to Pharisees, the man who had stood up to the Jewish guard, a little servant girl comes out and she says, I know you were with Jesus of Nazareth. And he said, who me? No, not me, 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 not me. Oh. And he began to swear and to curse, saying that I don't know the Lord. I don't think in that moment he was saying profanity, but instead he was saying things like, if I know the Lord Jesus Christ, may I die the death of a thousand cuts while I warm this fire. If I know that man, may this fire come out and devour me. May my fishing business collapse and never return. He was swearing and putting curses right there to prove to them he did not know the Lord. And when he looked up and saw the Lord Jesus Christ, he knew, I just swore an oath on myself. I cursed myself. I am condemned and I'm never coming back. That's why Jesus... There that day made a special visit to Peter after his resurrection and he asked him, do you love me three times? Why? Because Peter denied the Lord three times. You know what the Lord is doing there? Wiping away the condemnation. By law, he was supposed to go to hell, but through the grace and the love of Jesus, Jesus hung on the cross even for Peter in his denial. And he never denied the Lord another time after that. Praise God. Apostle Paul, zealous for the law, knew the law perfectly, but he was a murderer. And the Lord, while he was walking, or while he was riding on his beast, the Lord shone down from heaven, knocked Paul off his animal onto the ground. And from that moment on, the murder stopped. And instead of killing, he started saving. And that's why Paul could say, there's no condemnation for those who walk in the spirit. Praise the Lord. You can't expect yourself to be perfect, but we need to be striving for perfection. There is a thing now that I kind of like out there. It is becoming acceptable now in church to confess your faults to one another. And I like it to pour out your burdens. That's what we're supposed to do. Carry one another's burdens. That means helping each other stay on the path of righteousness. And I prayed this morning. I got permission from God to tell you a story about myself that I don't think I've ever shared publicly in my life. Maybe I did once or twice when I was a youth pastor. I was baptized in October 1991. I was then filled with the Holy Ghost, January 29th, 1994. I was 11 years old. And I was a good kid. Not the only sin I'd ever done was draw during church. Matter of fact, when I turned nine, my dad driving me home after the, church, the whole church, the whole church back then could fit into Pizza Hut. And uh, after Pizza Hut on Sunday night at like 10.30, we're driving back, dad said, Jess, it's time for you to start participating in church. I want you up on your feet singing, I want you getting with the preacher and I want you in the altar every time. And I said, okay, dad. Well, the next service came I had my notebook, but it was right beside me and I was sitting there on the front row, just staring at the wall while everybody was worshiping. And I looked over and caught eyes with my dad and dad went, get up and worship through hand signals. And I got up and worshiped, and have been praising the Lord ever since, amen. I'm never gonna sit down on the Lord and let a rock cry out in my place, amen. But after I got the Holy Ghost, I was 11 years old. And that spring came pretty quick, you know, and a book fair came to the school. I was in public school and my school friends. And I'll never forget going into that school fair and seeing all of these new cool books about Michael Jordan and and Patrick Ewing and and, and all of these famous basketball players. And uh, I didn't buy anything. I came back to class and was sitting there with all of my friends. And one guy said, hey guys, look at this. He pulled up his pant legs and stuffed inside of his socks were books. He lifted up his shirt and stuffed inside of his waistline were books. And he said, I didn't pay a dime for them. Look what I got. And all the other guys went, whoa, cool. So Tuesday came the next day we got back to class and three or four other guys lifted up their shirts full of books, lifted up their socks and their pockets full of books. And they said, Justin, what did you get? And I said, nothing. They're like, Oh, come on, man. That's not cool. Steal like us. Just take it. The whole way on the way home in the bus, all I could think about was I didn't look cool today. I didn't have favor in the eyes of my friends. And so Wednesday, I got up and I said, I'm gonna look cool and I'm gonna steal books. I walk into that book fair and I looked and I saw guys while nobody was looking, books, stealing gum, stealing drinks, stealing this and that, just loading up their pockets, you know, putting it under their hats. And uh, I walked past one little rack of stuff and there was just a little square book right there with a basketball player on it and I just grabbed that and stuck that in my pocket and I said, I'm good. And I sat down there, and they were all showing all of these magazines and things, I mean, just pulling it out. They said, what did you get, Justin? And I pulled out this book, and they said, that's all you took? (laughs) They made fun of me. That very next day, on that Thursday, the intercom came on. Would Billy come to the office? Would Davey come to the office? Would Johnny come to the office? Would Brian please come to the office? And yes, Justin Gleason, come to the principal's office. Right now. Got to the principal's office, book in my pocket. I sat there and all of us were called into the principal's office one by one. The last one was me. I walked in, the principal, the assistant principal, some of the teachers and some of the book fair people were right there and they sat me down and for the first time I was interrogated. No, they did not shut off the lights and put a light on me and say, confess now. (laughs) They didn't do that. But I sat there and they said, a lot of books have been going missing. Do you know anything about that? I just looked out the window. And you know what they could have done? They could have really poured it on. They, could have, they know who my dad was. They could have said, isn't your daddy a preacher? Aren't you a Christian? But they didn't do that. They were kind. And they said, Justin, every other boy come in here and said they don't know anything about it. But do you know something about it? All of a sudden the desire and feeling to want to be cool left me in that moment. The desire of wanting to fit in left me. You want to know why? Because I got caught. And because I knew that if I don't make the right choice right now, one bad decision is going to lead to another decision. And I knew right then and there, I could lie and get away with this and it could lead me down a wrong path or I could tell the truth and face the consequences and everything's going to be okay. Because I knew my church loved me. And I knew my mom and dad loved me. And I knew God loved me. I knew i had stolen. I took that little book out of that pocket and said, yes, I did. And when I did that, I just started to sob. I started to cry. I remember one lady putting her hand on my shoulder. It's okay, Justin. It's okay. And I told him what I had done. And I looked up and my principal was wiping away tears from his eyes. They called my dad at that moment and told him what had happened. When I got home, dad said, I'm proud of you, but no Nintendo for two weeks. (laughs) I've never taken anything without paying for it since that day. Because I never again wanted to feel condemnation. I never again wanted to feel judged for breaking the law of God. I later read in my Bible that no thief enters into the kingdom of heaven. I've been baptized, I've been filled with the Holy Ghost, but I still messed up. Friday came, Saturday came, Sunday came, and I remember coming to that altar saying, God, I'm so sorry. And you know what I felt? The same Holy Ghost like I did before the same love I did before. You know why? Because God didn't give up on me because I didn't give up on Him. He didn't give up on me because I made it right with my school and made it right with my family and 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 bear the consequences. And I'm here today to tell you that may be small. Some of you may have bigger things than that. But theft is just as destructive as any other sin in the Bible. And I've come to tell you, God wants to know, can you be honest with yourself today and make a move and say, I'm tired of the sin in my life. And i'm ready to let this great holy ghost and this great jesus name baptism be the thing that controls me be the thing that guides me be the thing that ultimately makes the choices for me i'm talking about what the bible says what we read if you walk with god and you stay in the spirit you can't be condemned you can't be taken away the devil cannot have you but he will restore you he will make you new And he will ultimately give you a new life one day in heaven if you have shame in your life it's not a good thing but even with shame there's a little glimmer of hope if you feel guilty today it's not a good thing to feel but there is yet a glimmer of hope but if you feel condemned today there's no hope beyond that Jesus one day was with his followers and he said to them that there is a place called hell. That if you go there, the fire never stops. There's dogs there. There are worms there that never die. You know, fire's bad. Worms, and eh. He's talking about the worms that whenever a body is buried into the ground, the worms, the insects that, yeah that take away that body, that eat that body away. In other words, he's saying it's a place where there is always death and dogs are there now. For us, dogs are sweet, cute. We dress them up for Christmas, right? Back then, they were just as wild as a, as a coyote. You know where he was? In the place in the Hebrew language called Gehenna. It was the place that in the Old Testament time during Jeremiah, they built a idol to Moloch, and there was a fire pit right there in the belly of that idol. And they would offer their firstborn right there in that. Because of the judgments of God, that place was destroyed. And Jeremiah prophesied that it would become a ruinous heap. And it was. It was the town dump where they brought all their trash. And the Lord said, the day will come that if you don't follow me, you're going to live in a place like that. He's saying is while you're with me right now, there is a space to get it right There's a space where there is hope. It's not coming yet. There's a space to get it right If you feel like you're going to hell right now, you need to take an honest look at yourself Because I have been talking to people that feel like they're going to hell and I'm looking at them like you feel like you're going to hell And you're not It's a trick of the devil in this world to make us believe That salvation isn't real that this Holy Ghost doesn't mean anything I remember talking to somebody recently their family was there and this person said I hope I've done enough I hope I gave it all and started talking to me about their life and their spirituality and I said did you do this did you obey the gospel did you do this and I said you're ready either we believe in this stuff or we don't and I trust this Jesus And I trust his word. If we're going to be a revival church, you cannot believe you are condemned when the Bible says you belong to the Lord. You can't believe it's over when the Lord says, oh, no, nobody can snatch you out of my hands. This world cannot have you. You're mine. You're mine. You're mine. Maybe today you feel like the devil's put a condemned sign on your face. You feel like this world has put a don't enter on you. The Lord has come here with his blood to wipe it all away and to make you new once again. I'm talking to Holy Ghost filled people. They may have slipped a little bit back into the way of the world. God has not forgotten about you. He loves you. He's always loved you. You know what he wants to tell you? I don't condemn you. Stop your sinning. He wants to tell you just like Peter, I love you. I love you. I love you. Do you love me? Do you love me? Do you love me? I pray right now for that person, Lord, that feels like they can't make it. They can make it. I feel like praying for that person right now that feels like it's over. It's not over yet. Don't give up on yourself. Don't walk away from this. Think about how far you've come. i come against the spirit of condemnation. I break it off of your life today. Today's a new day. You're never going back to it, in Jesus' name. Amen, let's all stand in the presence of the Lord. The love of God is here. A love like you've never experienced. It's a love, amen, when you pour out all your sins. He doesn't argue back, he says, I know it, I forgive you. Right here is a baptism tank. And anybody that's baptized today, a lot of sins are gonna go down in that water. But as saved Christians, you know what I like to look at in the church, that baptism tank. And it reminds me that there is a name and that there is an element, water, that the old Justin Barry is buried in. A little book I stole in fifth grade, it went into that water down the drain and the devil can't go deep sea diving on me ever again. Praise God. For a mom or dad out there, you feel like a failure. Put it under the blood today. Put it under the blood today. You may have not have behaved yourself on your phone or your TV this week. You've got another chance. Put it under the blood today. You may not have spoke properly in your home or at work. Put it under the blood today. You may be in a big embezzlement scam. Put it under the blood today. You may be struggling with doctrine and and Bible issues. Figure it out, this is the real Jesus. He's the only Jesus. Put it in the sea of forgetfulness today. This altar call is for anybody that wants to start a new walk with God. You can start by walking to the altar today. The prophet said, and two walk together unless they be agreed. The answer is no. It's time to start getting an agreement with your church and get an agreement with God and start walking in it. If you're tired of condemnation and you're tired of feeling like a failure, the altar is open for you today. Don't wait on how you feel. Don't wait on the right mood. Respond to the call of the Lord today he's saying I want you to walk away from condemnation walk away from the lives of the flesh and come to a Jesus that is loving that is caring that is forgiving come on this is how you're going to get spiritual this is how you're truly going to walk in faith if you learn to get over condemnation come on some of you think you're going to hell and you're not you think it's over that God hasn't accepted you that's wrong he has He has accepted you. He has loved you. Come on, don't let the devil lie in your tree. Don't let that slithering serpent get up there and say, oh, no, God doesn't love you. Oh, no, you're too bad. You're too wrong. You're too sinful. You messed up. You're messed up. You know what? The devil messed up. And there's no redemption for him. And I've come to tell you, the Lord has given the world another chance. He's come to give life and life more abundantly. You pass the condemnation today and believe in yourself. Believe in yourself today. You can make it. You can be renewed. I'm talking about a man who has wanted to give up drinking for a long time. And you're ashamed and embarrassed of it. Don't let that condemnation deceive you. You can put the bottle down here today. Some of you have been addicted to marijuana for decades. It's time. It's deep down in your heart. You're tired of it. You're ready to get over it. And condemnation is keeping you back. I've come to tell you, you can put it down today and start living soberly. I don't care how long the affair has been going on. I don't care how long the perversion has been going on. I don't care how long the immorality has been going on. Step out of that condemnation. The Lord wants to forgive you. He wants to make you new. He wants to walk with you. He wants to make you new. Come on, you people. Come unto the Savior today. Come unto the God who loves you today. Come on, the Lord wants to make you into a saint. He wants to raise up a prophet today. He wants to raise up a prophetess today. He wants to raise up a man of war in prayer. All oh, you who are distressed. All oh, you who are in debt, come to the Lord today. Let's raise up a mighty army here at Life Church. Let's be a conquering people. Let's be a people who give somebody a chance. Hallelujah. That's how we build a New Testament church. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord.